So when it comes to actually this virus, what are the elements that the cell actually going to respond to? It's going to be through a variety of those defense mechanisms that we've just explained in terms of, let's say, if it's coming in through the um, nasal um, entry, which is how this virus is supposedly operating. Um, and, you know, in terms of us, supposedly, this is what we understand about it. Then it will be things like the nasal hairs because it's droplet spread. So that will be one line of defense. And obviously we've been encouraged to use things like masks and limit our exposure when we're around other people and use that minimum two meters. But it will be, as I mentioned, interferon, which is something that our cells produce as a way to defend against that virus. But it, those are gonna be the ways that, you know, the, the listing off through those ways that we, we spoke about previously. But the, the bigger impact on the cell is that it tends to get deplete of its reserves and its energy. And it requires more of different organelles, so little guys within the cell, like mitochondria, which is the battery, the powerhouse, that will narrowly kick out the energy required to keep everything rolling. What mitochondria does is it takes it, it takes what it receives and it turns it into a, it's a converter into our energy currency that we use in anything that we're doing in the body, which is called ATP. And so the mitochondria are a little bit like, again, I saw a, some photos this morning of some people who've been working on the front line in hospitals and they're just, they're having a sleep in between shifts. And that's what it can get like for the mitochondria. And as they wear out, they start to actually produce more damage for the cell. So this can produce a problem in itself. And so it's, it's almost like there's a life available of the cell before it gets, starts to get exhausted and dies and gets the damage happen, you know, ends up being too high. So it will be through that, those various ways that the body defends itself, but it will depend as well on how, how much the body has in reserve and available and how prepared it is to be able to do that, if that makes sense. As you're saying that, because I just see that many business owners don't understand the connection between the their own well-being their own ability to stay well and the ability of the business to stay well for you know my history my medical history anyway and the challenges that i've been through but do you think that many business owners out there are actually suffering unknowingly with chronic fatigue that's a good question. And, you know, this is the challenge, isn't it? Because first of all, if it's unknowingly, then somebody may not even be spotting any symptoms that may have been starting to yeah. creep up just from just a little bit of tiredness to not having the quite the same in the morning, getting out of bed. Now that, you know, that can often be put down to season changes. We're going into winter here. Um, but the other thing too, that's a challenge within that concept and that question is that it's a bit fuzzy when it comes to actually diagnosing it now yeah. um, medical perspective you know a definitive test so in the in the absence of that it tends to be something that's allowed to go on for a long period of time it's chronic that can then become build up a bit of momentum and become even more of a challenge to turn around later and so i would wager that a very high percentage of business owners especially at the moment even yeah. though they may not be working per se, as in maybe it's somebody who owns a cafe, for example, but just think about the amount of concern and worry that that person may understandably be having. And my gosh, you know, we're hearing about if we go to a new level of lockdown, that means that we need to have contact tracing. 
And if a small business is not able to come up with that in an effective and efficient way that ticks the boxes, then they're not able to open. So it's it's a biggie, you know, it's a huge one. And it's it's an unknown at this stage, I would say, but I would say it was a very, very high percentage. Do you do you think it's a necessary question to ask business owners of not only themselves but also the people that work within the business? Well, I think the challenge with that question being and asking that question, John, is that a lot of people don't realise the potential impact that they have got that going on. You know, if you'd said to me, you know, when I was I was studying about cardiovascular disease when I was 21, you know, in the, the end of that year, I'd done a massive amount of study, pharmacology, medicine, anatomy, physiology. And at the end of that, if you'd said, well, you may well have cardiovascular issues going on inside you, I'd have laughed at you. You think about the amount of stress I was under in my study years, um, you know, liver view string and all that when we're students. So, yeah, whatever, I'm, I'm going to live forever, especially younger business owners or maybe people who have never had really a health issue. And it's not, maybe it's been in their family, but it's not them. Yeah. And so it's a very challenging one for many of us, and you know, like with myself included, to wrap our minds around taking seriously. So and, um, yeah. I would say a lot of people would just say, well, maybe if it happens, sure, I'll cross that bridge. It's many of the baby boomers that are now CEOs and directors of businesses. They're worn out anyway. You know, their ATPs aren't going to be particularly flash. And no, so they're in the they're current they're currently in an overdraft. Yeah. So they're hitting the wall and they're requiring more energy to be able to pivot and be able to be creative and to find solutions. But there's no resources. They've got Precisely. they're totally depleted. What would be your solution to helping businesses become and build an immunity system so that they don't have to, next time that there's a virus, they won't have a Trojan horse? It's a great, it's a great question. And that, follow your philosophy, that the business is only going to be as strong Depending on the nature of the business, you know, most traditional businesses are reliant on the owner, the yeah. CEO, the managing director, etc., and uh, because they're it, essentially. And that, to me, that's the challenge with the traditional business model. You know, as you know, you know, we had our COVID moment back in 2002 when my husband and I were hit by a car and we lost our income overnight, and yeah. we were very concerned about our health. So it was the two-way punch. Yeah. Back then, and that's our point is that we we chose to pivot, and Chris has carried on to become extremely passionate about um, financial health coaching and helping people to reinvent themselves and do just that in an effective way that works for them. And so that is the ultimate picture, in my in my opinion, is to actually look at the bigger picture about the business. But the first thing is looking after the people who are in the business, and I actually believe that that's so. No matter what we're talking about, yeah. it always comes down to the people first. So it's looking after the people, their health generally. And when it comes to our immune system, there's three approaches that, or three pronged approach that I've found for myself, for Chris, for thousands of clients over the years, family, friends, is, and it's one that I covered on a recent online workshop. Yeah. And I go into the nitty gritty of seven particular keys within that. So if you'd like a copy of that, then yeah, any of the listeners are welcome to personally message me. 
those are based around health, important foods that we can be using to help um, our yeah. immune system, health generally, but our immune system. Then we've got soul hacks that we can be doing that actually help our health generally. Here's a clue. <laughs> um, then the third thing is protecting ourselves because we need the technology these days to be able to um, help ourselves given that we know that there are gaps in our nutrition, which is ideally where we get those antioxidants to protect ourselves. If we know that that's woefully inadequate these days, and even the likes of the Journal of the American Medical Association is prompting us to take something that's actually going to be good and yeah. fill in those gaps, is to be looking to advance micronutrition. And as you know, this has been an area of passion for me for the last 17, nearly 18 years, yeah. where I've been working closely with a cellular research company to figure out the best ways to fill in the gaps in the cells, but do that um, with bells on. So to do it very effectively and also be able to mop up those mitochondria that we spoke about yes. that can get old and start to damage the cell. So it's that three-pronged approach, macronutrition to what we're eating, lifestyle hacks, things like hydration, exercise, and then the last one is those micronutrients to fill in those gaps and provide that high power um, antioxidant protection um, amongst other things. Let's get our people sorted from a health, total health perspective and then that in itself is going to look after the business because the business doesn't exist without, without the people. Absolutely. Whether or not it's, you know, let's say if somebody's more hands-off who runs the business, well, what about the people who are in it? What about the people who are serving, for example? Yeah. At the front line. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very complex uh, environment that the business owners are in right now. Fee, if you were to have the opportunity of talking to business owners and their people, how, one, how would they contact you? Two, do you do one-on-ones or do you do one-on-many? And do you do presentations on video? How, how can they learn more about how they can actually put personal well-being within the business immunity system? Okay, great question, John. And so first of all, people are more than welcome to message, personal message me. I'm on Facebook, but also please do share my email, John, when you do communicate and yeah. perhaps, um, make this recording available. Yeah. Um, and you're more than welcome to reach out at any stage. I do do, um, I tend to work um, with clients on a very limited basis. So I'll be able to work with three people on a five month program at once during the year, during that year. Yeah. Um, and then I tend to do groups. So um, I'm very passionate um, not only about the next generation. So I do everything from parents workshops um, but all the way through to um, corporate wellness sessions, basically. And we can, we totally tailor it to the needs of the group. Um, and that, let's see, I think the largest was around 68 people who I, who I addressed because to me, it's actually more of a workshop. It's not so much a case of somebody coming and you know someone's going to go blah blah yeah. blah. We get up, we move because um, our bodies are made to move, and that's one of the ways that we actually can keep healthy. And one of the most challenging aspects of a sedentary workplace, for example, yeah. is that that needs to be built in. But that's an age-old thing. You know, we've known about that for quite a long time here now in New Zealand. And it's finding a way to do that practically, and that's actually um, interesting and engaging. And that's what I'm very passionate about in the workshops that I do both um, in situ, but also yeah. um, this is such an effective platform now. And as you will have seen, I think you, um, you um, tuned in and watched our 
uh, online workshop that it's yeah. possible to be able to absorb information also do so do so in an interactive way so that it becomes we know from the research that you know if we're just listening to something it's very passive yeah. so when we take notes or answer questions that's when we can actually start to use it. so um i'm very passionate about this area because you know this is often where and this is why I had my own corporate wellness business is because this is often where the rot sets in for people, yes. where the health issues begin. You know, I'd see people coming into me just for a one-on-one -on -one session at the practice, and I see it now um, online with the work that I do internationally, is that someone will say, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand why I keep getting chronic headaches. And I say, well, how, show me how you sit when you're at your screen. Well, yeah. it's quite close. So I suppose I'm sitting like this. And how many breaks do you have a day? Well, I don't really have time to yeah. go and have a lunch break. You know, it's like this kind of thing. And so it's it's stepping back and encouraging us to self-assess in a safe environment that's also fun and engaging. So, yeah, that's, that's something I'm very passionate about. One of the exercises I did about five years ago, I went to talk to a business that was a client of mine, and they were actually having some major losses in their warehouse. I was only supposed to be there for two hours talking to their staff about what they were eating and also about sleep deprivation. It ended up being a whole day and I found out that about 90% of the people that worked for this business had less than six hours sleep a night. Now, the guy that was actually causing the trouble the damage in the warehouse was a young man who had a young wife and they had a child. But the mother was actually drinking three cans of either V or mothers. And this child was only 12 months of age and it couldn't get to sleep. And the little warning bells in my head rang. I said, wait a second. So I said to the father, I said, is the mother still breastfeeding? And he goes, yes. And I said, okay, get this. Um, the child is wired. Yes. That's why it will not go to bed or it'll go to sleep until one o'clock in the morning. There's damage being caused here, but it's because you're half asleep. Yes. So... The only way I found that out, Fee, was actually going to a business and having the opportunity of talking to all their business, the people that worked in the business, and it took me all day yes. to have those one-on-ones and small group conversations. Do you do that sort of work? Yes. Yes, I uh, To me, it's about being flexible. Okay. And, um, Certainly, I've had quite a lot of experience of doing that, going into small, smaller businesses generally, small, medium-sized businesses, and being able to engage not only with people who are in more senior positions, but then actually going in and having sessions in a group with people who are part, who actually are the organization itself. And the other way that I like to work is for people to fill out individual I've done this with some of the executives and some of the executives that they've, um, some of the team members that they've elected yeah. to actually have personal one-on-one -on -one sessions where we go through um, their, their specific picture, if you like, after they've filled out some details. And then we put together something they feel good about 
in terms of potential steps moving forward from their action steps based around any particular challenge they have, which is very flexible. So it's a good combo of one-on-one -on -one with groups. So my final question for you is, if you were to talk to a CEO and to get his engagement so or that, he, or her, sorry, his or her engagement, so that they understood the importance of it and urgency of it, what would be that question? I suppose the question would be based around, are you at, so it might be a couple of questions, right now, are you delighted with the results of your business currently? Overall results, because we know that's multifactorial. And if somebody says yes, then there's no conversation needed. Whereas if somebody says, I think there is room for improvement, they say, well, um, if there was a way that you had that you could improve the bottom line, the efficiency, the productivity, the area that they'd isolated, that they would, they would like to see improvement, even more improvement. And you would be able to do that in a cost-effective way. Would that be something that you'd be open to taking a look at? Now, to me, there's nothing to lose by looking at options. No. Um, but it all depends on whether we see a need and how ready we are. But this, but this need is right now. Yeah, and that, the wonderful thing about that, John, is that you and I know that. But at the end of the day, it needs to be something, again, like I said, you know, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make me crazy and silly and wrong that up until the age of 21, I was not interested at all in my life. Because I was a pretty sharp, you know, smart kid. However, it become, it's about timing and it's about relevance in our lives. And, you know, some people, even when the new regulations came through, or the regulations came through, which are not new, yonks and yonks ago now, that would have been back in about 1995, six, something like that, when um, it became the obligation of the employer to help um, yeah. team members, staff members manage stress. There were so many companies we spoke to who said, yeah, well, we'll wait till it really becomes a problem. Okay, no worries. Next. Who does want, who, who can I help now? Because there's plenty of people, we just need to prioritize them. And I think the other issue out there is that many business owners don't understand how important it is to manage and control that stress. Because they're under ACC, stress and anxiety is not covered. And so they can't get have a person leave a business with a stress-related illness because that person will never be able to claim on ACC. The door is open for business owners to be hit by their employees for stress-related illnesses. And there is a cover out there to protect a business owner for that. And it's so underpriced, but the exposure is immense. And I think the challenge is that many business owners need to understand that the barn door is now open because of this virus. And it's going to uh, manifest in multiple ways, I think. I mean, we, we have no idea of the impact of this yet. Fee, it's been an absolute delight. And it's lovely, as always, to talk <laughs> to you. So, Likewise. Yeah, and thank you so much, John, for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. So I will um, 
have all the information about how they can contact you and also the testimonials, which are absolutely awesome on there. So thank you very much for your time and goodbye. You're always welcome, John. Take care thank of yourself you. and we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.